You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. This is kind of a double-edged sword, for lack of a better way of saying it, because that means that we have the Holy Spirit in us, empowering us. But you know what it also means? That whenever we watch something on TV or on our computer screen, the Holy Spirit's there. And the Holy Spirit is grieved. And, and the, the Holy Spirit can sometimes be quenched. Because everything we do, we expose the Holy Spirit to. One of the most amazing aspects of our faith is that when we accept Christ, our bodies become a temple of the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, this should be quite the sobering reality when it comes to the choices we make. As Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, whatever we subject our mind and body to, we likewise subject the Spirit. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 118 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is the day. The Lord made this day for this purpose. And now we will rejoice and be glad in it. And verse 25, I think, supports this. Listen to what it says. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Now, verse 26, I also believe, supports this day being the day that we rejoice in that Jesus once and for all, as the sacrifice for all mankind, was slain for the sins of the world. That is the day that we rejoice in, that the Lord has made, and we're glad in. Verse 26, you're going to know this one. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the triumphal entry. As they're waving the palm branches. He's riding on a donkey, prophetically fulfilling prophecies that only he could fulfill. And he's riding this donkey. He's making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on his way to the cross. And everybody is praising him and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then all the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Pharisees too, (laughs) they, they are telling Jesus, tell them to shut up. Sorry if you don't like that word. Remember years ago I used that word. I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I don't use it a lot, but sometimes I think it just, you need to say that. And I had somebody, this is on the mainland in my church there that I uh, pastored. And this uh, sister in Christ came up to me. She said, you shouldn't say shut up, pastor. I said, well, why? She said, you know, it's a, it's a bad word. You know, I grew up and you don't say shut up. So, wow, I, not in my home. <laughs> that, that was, uh, anyway, I digress. So they were telling Jesus to silence them. They're, they're, 
They're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name. And Jesus says, excuse me, is a very loose paraphrase, but if they don't shout, the rocks will cry out. The mountains, the all of creation, they, they will say and sing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, he goes on, we have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord. Verse 27, God is the Lord and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice, this was the sacrifice, with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Okay, clearly this is a messianic psalm, meaning that it is a prophetic psalm that points to the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. Interesting psalm for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it is the sixth of a series of six halal psalms. And it's kind of a turning point as we're going to see, Lord willing, next week when we start in Psalm 119. I want to draw your attention, and we'll uh, bring it in for a landing here in a little bit, but I want to draw your attention to the crucifixion and the resurrection, and perhaps more importantly, the subsequent rejection by the Jewish people. This is what is referred to as the cornerstone. It is so important to understand that Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected that the Jewish people rejected, which is why, by the way, the Jews today are still waiting for their Messiah. They rejected their true Messiah when He came the first time. He was the stone the builders rejected, which was and would become and now is the chief cornerstone. I want to talk a little bit about this chief cornerstone. Very important, especially in that day when they would build a building. In the construction, it was so important, it was all important to have this cornerstone, this chief cornerstone, perfectly fitted and upon which the foundation would then be built upon. Without that chief cornerstone, the building is not going to stand. You had to have that cornerstone in place, and it was usually the largest of all the stones. You can actually uh, search this online and, and see these cornerstones and just how important they are. So once it was in place, the rest of the building would be fitted to, conformed with, and structured 
by the angles and the size of the cornerstone. In other words, that cornerstone had to be in place first and foremost. That was the foundation upon which you were going to finish the entire structure and building. Here's what's really interesting. If that chief cornerstone was not properly in place, and the rest of the structure was not built based on that chief cornerstone, you had a faulty structure, and it would not stand. And if that chief cornerstone was removed, the whole structure would collapse. You see where I'm going with this, right? This is why it is that Scripture is replete with this prophetic picture of Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Isaiah chapter 28 verses 16 and 17 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also I will make justice the measuring line, and righteousness the plummet, the plumb line. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the hiding place. Jesus even refers to Himself in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning in verse 20, uh, 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures? He is referring to Psalm 118. And he's, this would have been a major diss to those men at that time, because they prided themselves. They were the ones the people went to whenever they had a question about the Scriptures. Oh, teachers of the law, what doth the Scriptures say concerning this? And they would, you know, with their pipe, did they have pipes back then? Probably not. So they would be, you know, stroking their beard, well, my son, the Scriptures say. Now, I, I, I set that stage because then here's Jesus, and oh man, I mean, <laughs> he, he has the audacity, the, the nerve to say to them, have you even read the Scriptures? Wow! Oh, I never! Who, who do you think you are? Oh, you have no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> he is the Scriptures. He's the personification of the Scriptures. John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You're talking to the Scriptures. The Word of God. The living Word of God. Oh, I wish I was there. I would have just went off on these guys. I didn't need to. Jesus did a good enough job, I guess. Have you never read in the Scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, he's going to explain to them 
now the consequences of rejecting the chief cornerstone, Jesus the Christ, who is standing before them. The kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. You know, we have this image of Jesus when he was here in his public ministry of being this gentle, meek, and mild. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, you'll, and you'll forgive me, but my Jesus, whew, you don't want to mess with him. I think about when he went into the temple and turned over the money changers tables. That, that's my Jesus. Hey, listen, uh, you know, <laughs> he was a carpenter, right? Some believe actually he dealt with stones and you had to have, you know, <laughs> you had to be tough in that day. I mean, he was no, I hate to use this word, it's even hard to have it uttered from my lips. He was no wimp. This was a man's man. And I, you know, that's why, by the way, if you've ever wondered why we don't have images of Jesus, you know, I never use a picture of Jesus on the slides, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, I don't want to, again, I, I know I'm jamming a lot of gears tonight, so I'm, I know I'm on a roll. I might as well just, you know, ruin your whole picture of Jesus. Besides the fact, by the way, and I, I know this is hard. It's hard for me. But you know, when we see him, we will behold him as the lamb that was slain. I am struck by the contrast and the description that we are given in the book of Revelation. When we see Satan, we're just going to go, whoa. I mean, just his beauty and, you know, just the way he looks, we are going to be blown away. And by the way, he doesn't have a red pitchfork and horns. He was a very beautiful creation. He's not this ugly, hideous being, very beautiful being. And then, by contrast, we're told in Revelation, when we behold Jesus, when we see Him, I mean, it's almost like we're just going to wince, because He will appear as the Lamb that was slain for all eternity. That's pretty hard, isn't it? Well, I mean, this is, this is pretty strong, isn't it? I'm the, the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. Now, if you fall on that stone, you're going to be broken. But if it falls on you, it's going to grind you to powder. That's pretty strong. <laughs> you know, the harshest words that ever were uttered from the mouth of the Savior were for these religious leaders. Now, verse 45, he says, when the chief priests, no, when, uh, Matthew says, now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them, to which I say, ya think? But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes, because they took him for a prophet. Oh, that's all you took him for? Okay. Well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? In Acts chapter 4, there's an interesting account. It says, when Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, they had just had this man healed in Jesus' name, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is, oh I love this, the stone you, I could just picture Stephen, this is Stephen we're talking about, right? You builders rejected. The stone, Jesus the Christ, the chief cornerstone, is the stone you builders rejected. Sorry, I, I pointed over here. I don't mean anything. I'll be an equal opportunity pointer. How's that? <laughs> Which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Ephesians, lastly. Actually, not lastly. I want to mention one more thing in Matthew 7. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of His household, built on, listen, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. Now watch this imagery. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises as it's constructed to become a holy temple in the Lord. Were those stones because of the chief cornerstone? And in Him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Oh my goodness, this is a whole nother teaching for another time. That we are that temple, that building, in which the Holy Spirit of God lives. This is... <laughs> kind of a double-edged sword, for lack of a better way of saying it, because that means that we have the Holy Spirit in us, empowering us. But you know what it also means? That whenever we watch something on TV or on our computer screen, the Holy Spirit's there. And the Holy Spirit is grieved. And, and the Holy Spirit can sometimes be quenched, because everything we do we expose the Holy Spirit too. How about that conversation? <laughs> Again, before we start coming down too hard on people, yeah, I, I can't believe they do that. Oh, really? How about the, the Holy Spirit just reeling inside of you as you're gossiping about a brother or sister in Christ to somebody else? You know what the Holy Spirit's doing? The Holy Spirit's just going, I can't, I can't be a part of this. Stop! I can't, I can't be involved in this. I'm so grieved. I can't, that pornography on the screen, I, I can't, no, no, I can't see that. This is God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling us, that we're exposing Him to. 
He sees everything we see. He hears everything we say. He does everything we do. Okay. I want to end with Matthew 7. This is the parable that Jesus teaches about two men building their houses on two different foundations. The one man is the wise man. He builds his foundation on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. So then when, not if, the storms come, no problem. Doesn't move at all. There's no problems. There's no cracks in the walls, which by the way, (laughs) interesting, I heard a great teaching on this. If you start seeing cracks in your walls, in your house, and you patch them up and paint them up, and, and then about a month later the cracks are back, you might have a more serious problem, like your foundation is shifting. So here's what happens when our foundation is not on the chief cornerstone, the rock that is Christ. We start seeing cracks in our lives cracks all over. And, and we're, we're quick to patch them up and cover them up. And you know, we're only dealing with the symptom of a deeper problem. The problem is not the cracks in the walls. The cracks in the walls point to a more serious problem, and it's the problem with your foundation. So here's this other builder. He builds his house on the sand, and it's just a matter of time when all of a sudden those storms of life come, and those storms of life come. And if that foundation is not rock solid, built on the person of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, it's just a matter of time. The cracks will start. The cracks will start. The problems at the root, at the foundation, if it's built on shifting sand, that thing's going to come crashing down. That's a faulty foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Would to God that we would build our lives on the rock, on the solid foundation with Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And when those cracks do show up, let's get to the core of the problem. Let's get to the root of the problem, the foundation. My problem, this, this might be cracks in my marriage, cracks in my finances, cracks in my parenting, but the real problem is the foundation. I need to get down and dirty, if I can say it that way, and get real with Jesus. This is a foundation problem. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
if you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 